1 John chapter 3. We're going to start reading verse 19. Verse 19. The Bible says, And hereby we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him, because we keep His commandments, and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is the commandment, that we should believe on the name of the Son, on His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandment dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. Remember, stay focused on what John is, is writing in the, to the church he's writing to and to the problems they're having. Got to keep that in context as we, as we kind of go through this. We have a group of, as some commentators are describing these folks, as secessionists. You know, they're splitting from the church. They have come up with some different beliefs, some different doctrine that, that they believe is what saves them. Not grace alone, but that, that maybe there's additional works that you have to do to be saved. So uh, they're throwing all this into the doctrine and they split from the church and it's causing some grief amongst the members. We talked about that, I think, last week. These were family. They were family. It would be like long-term members all of a sudden just disappearing from Central. And, and, and in this small church, um, even though you can have a few leave and it, it's, it's felt larger. I think sometimes here at Central, we're, we are a, a larger church, and if you have a few leave for various reasons, you may or may not even be aware of it. So, you know, in, these, in this small church back then, it was an impact on the church. So John comes in as one of their previous pastors and writes this letter to them, first off saying, okay, wait, 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 stick to what you were taught. You've known this from the beginning, he said, right? You were taught when you joined the church, basic doctrine when you were saved. We went through saving uh, the gospel with you. We went through all of the uh, things that you need to be concentrating on. You know the truth. Just stick to it. Don't get tossed to and fro with all these crazy thoughts that are out there. And he, he has emphasized the loving one another. We've ta talked about that several times that he's already mentioned it just in the first three chapters. And he'll mention it uh, again. Love, Just love your brother and love one another. If you just do that, you'll be good. Because that's where everything begins, isn't it? Because if you love one another, keeping uh, the commandments, that's easy. If you just love people. If you just love people. Well, now we got these people who are, are still in the church and they're seeing people go and now they're kind of stopping and thinking. Think about what would probably be one of the thoughts that went through your head. If all of a sudden 
a large group of the church said, you know what, we don't think you got your doctrine right. And we're out. We're going to do something different. The thought inevitably is probably going to go through your head, well, is my doctrine right? Am I really saved? I mean, one person may be okay. That's a extreme, but we got multiple people going out believing this. I wonder if I do have it right. I wonder if I am truly saved. So we have uh, this lack of assurance, this lack of their true salvation that's gonna that comes into their mind, that comes into their thought process. And John's kind of covering that in these few verses for us this morning. I got to thinking about, you know, if have you ever had a task you were trying to complete but you're distracted with something? Or you're sitting in a class. I've been in FBI. And it's just so much good information, but my mind's elsewhere. My mind's elsewhere. I just got in a phone call, and maybe I got up and I had to deal with something from work or... I mean, and your, your mind's distracted. Are you going to get what you need to get out of that class when that happens? If you walk into services this morning, or even during the Sunday school hour, and your week was just, I mean, it, you just got beat up this week. And, I mean, you're just still thinking about it. Or you're thinking about what's coming tomorrow. Sunday's here, amen, but i got to go back to work tomorrow. And when I get there, guess what's waiting on me? A stack of stuff, right? And if my mind's already distracted with that, what am I getting out of class? Very little, right? Or what am I going to get out of uh, of services um, when Brother Brand's going to stand up, preach from the Word of God, and when he does that, he's preaching from the inspired Word of God, so he's speaking what God wants you to hear, and you're distracted. That's kind of what happened to these people. Their minds are distracted because they're worried about, you know, am I really saved? Am I doing the things I need to be doing? Do I, you've really, John, you've been hitting this on this loving your brother thing, loving your brother thing, and am I doing that correctly? Do, am I, do I really love my brother enough? And their mind is distracted and they're missing the main point. And the main point is believe and do what? Just carry forth the gospel, right? Jesus gave us the Great Commission. That's what we need to be doing. That's our task. And when their mind's distracted on whether their salvation is even real, they're losing focus on what they need to be doing. So John's trying to get them back in focus. Trying to get them back in focus. I I heard one uh, pastor or teacher put it this way. He says, having a lack of assurance is like driving a car with the emergency brake on. You're, you're, just, you're, you're, you're not going to get anywhere very fast, are you? If it's, you know, you're just, you're, you're kind of just coasting to some extent. And I thought that was, that was good and, and applicable for us. So if we start by looking in verse 19, John starts off and he says, and hereby we know. Starts off like right there. And hereby we know. So what's he mean by and hereby we know? Well, he's pointing back to what we just talked about. He says, you know what? what, do you, what do, and what did we 
just talk about. Just last week, we talked about loving your brethren again, right? And hereby we know this links to loving one another in both deeds and truth. To the topic today of having inner assurance of your own salvation. He's saying if you're loving your brethren, you can have assurance that you're saved. Because remember, love doesn't come from anything but God. It originated with God. So if you're just, it, that's a foundational work that if, is, if it's in your life, that's a big step toward you having confidence that your salvation is real. That's a huge step. Well, God has various means of giving us this assurance of salvation, right? He, may, he does it through our lessons and through, uh, as you're doing your Bible reading, you come across things and you look at it and you go, yeah, yeah, I get that, I get that. And you get confidence of your salvation. Well, John tells us the one way that we can have that assurance, and it's through our good works. Those works are not the ground of our conversion, right? We understand that our conversion is through faith and faith alone. And I think we can get confused on that a little bit here. Our conversion is based on faith. But once that conversion occurs, once that new birth has occurred, you develop those traits that we've talked about last couple of weeks from God, and one of those things is love, and a result of that conversion is going to be good works of love toward others. And as such, when those occur, when we see those, we get this confirmation in our heart that our faith is not in vain, that it's rooted in sincere faith. But we have a heart problem. And we, I have no doubt that, uh, that those, and, and I, you know, you never want to assume anything, but uh, I have no doubt that the large majority, if not everybody in this room, is, is saved Christians. And we all love each other and would do what we could to help one another. But in a church this size, you're going to see needs that you can't meet. Well, now your conscience starts kind of working on you a little bit. You see a need that's out there of somebody who needs something financially or needs some assurance in a way that you're not able to meet. And now you start wondering, well, do I truly love everybody? Am I doing everything I can? Maybe I'm not doing everything I can. Well, maybe I'm not saved. If I'm not doing everything I can, God tells me to love everybody and meet those needs and, and love them. But if I'm not doing it to everybody, then I can't. And think about those TV commercials on TV. They come across, you know, for feeding uh, children in Africa or you know, the different ones. You always want, you see them and it just breaks your heart. But can you fix that problem? I mean, you can help. You can help. But it, God may not be asking you to do that. Maybe asking you to do something else. Don't let 
the need that comes in that that there's needs to be met and you can't meet all of them result in a lack of assurance in your faith. That's something that was happening in this church. Verse 20, For if our heart condemn us, well, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Your heart, at times, is going to start putting doubt in your head. I, uh, I think it would probably be normal all of us Christians at one point or another has probably doubted our salvation. Uh, I mean, I just feel like that's likely a normal outcome. And that can be a lie from Satan trying to pull you away from that relationship with God and the, and, and the place this is that you need to be and in in what God wants you to do into uh, backsliding. And on occasion, we let ourselves down. That is, we do not come up to even our own expectations. Anybody ever filled out one of those self-evaluations on yourself at work? Have you ever gotten one of those? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they ask you to evaluate yourself, and then the manager evaluates you, and he compares. Most times, what's the outcome of those? We're harder on ourselves than they are on us, aren't we? If you're truthful. If you're, yeah, most people, and that most people are. I, as a manager, often, and we've done these from time to time. Um, it's this, the circumstance rarely comes up that they come in thinking they're all that in a bag of chips, and you're you're knocking them down a peg or two. You know that's that circumstance usually doesn't happen. What happens is they think they're doing this wrong and that wrong, and I'm not dedicated enough, and I'm not doing enough here. And you bring them in and you're going, no, you're doing what I need you to do. That's what John's kind of talking about. And I think that's applicable to what God has for us. He's saying, you're doing everything I've, I'm, I've put on your heart to do. Quit beating yourself up over all this other stuff out there. What, what did uh, Jesus tell uh, Peter at the end when we were studying John, when, when they were talking and he was saying, well, uh, uh, Jesus gave Peter a task. And then he said, well, what about John? No, you just mind your own. Don't worry about John. I'll do what I need to with John. You do what you need to, right? Well, it's kind of here. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. You just do what God puts on your heart to do. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked. Who can know it? Our heart's wicked. God says it's desperately wicked. We find our hearts full of pride, anger, bitterness, resentment, lust, and we're tempted at times to wonder if we're saved at all. Because we're still fallen. You're going to have those moments. You're going to have those moments. What's the difference in your heart from the unsaved heart? You know, when you have those moments, you're, you're going to feel horrible about it. You've defied your God. You're going to feel like, man, I need to get right. I shouldn't be doing this. The unsaved, they just go on about their business, don't they? Because they don't believe in that 
you know, that there's any consequences to sin. Well, you know, when we do those things, yeah, there's consequences, and we need to get right with God over it. But, you know, we're still falling. They're still going to slip into our heart. It's going to happen. John tries to encourage us in verse 20 by saying, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. He knows He knows the truth about you. Remember, he, he uh, served uh, in, in flesh on this earth. He knows the temptations that, that we face. But he also knows your true heart. And if you're truly saved, when those other things come up, he knows your heart. Yeah. I told Joel last week I didn't appreciate our Sunday school class. Oh, uh-oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> having a few problems <laughs> made me get right. Yeah, yeah it's, you know, it just, there's going to be things in all of our hearts. Going to be things in all of our hearts. And you got to get them right. But my, my commentary on my Bible says he sees not only our actions, which at times are thwarted and misguided, but also the motives and intentions behind them. So sometimes we don't always do the right thing or it doesn't come out right, but that wasn't our motive. Our motive was a good motive. Oh, I know. How many times have you tried something and it just... It falls flat. We had a, I don't know if the fire department has this same mindset, but at the police department we did. It honestly seemed like every time I tried to do somebody a favor, (laughs) every time I'd end up in the chief's office or something over it. Yeah, right? Sometimes when you try to do those things, it backfires on you sometimes. And, but God knows your, what you were trying to do. Well, He knows what your motive was. He knows where your heart's at. I think that's one conversation that I've, I can have now more with people is, you know, I say, you know, I know here's kind of my thought, you know, X, Y, Z, and I don't want you to take it wrong. Please understand where my heart's at here. My heart's in a good place. I want to try and help, but I don't want you to take it wrong. You know, so yeah, I think it's a great, great example. Uh, our salvation does not depend about how we feel, does it? It depends solely upon God, and He knows our heart. God's statement here is to put our heart at ease when combined with the deeds that uh, He's tasked us with, and that is to to love, to love. So when you have that confidence in your heart and then you have the you know uh, somebody some situation I think we've all had these situations and I'm not asking anybody to give testimony here um, but there was a, some a, a need arised in, that you overheard and you called the church and said hey how much is that going to cost how about I'll, I'll give that can you can you take care of that for so and so or uh you know, you hear of something that somebody needs and you just take care of it. You go right to them and you take care of it one-on-one with them. I think we've all had an opportunity. And when those things occur, that should give you confidence in your salvation. It really should. And John points that out to us. You know, don't get lifted up in pride over it, obviously, but it should give you confidence that your salvation is real.
For a believer who is sensitive to the needs of others, though, there is almost an ever-present sense of not doing enough to meet those needs. Am I giving enough? Enough? You know, I know I give my tithe, but should I, should I increase that so that we can do more benevolence? You know, because I'm hearing, you know, a lot of needs out there. Or should I, you know, should I add some additional giving outside the church to, to help this or that? There's, there's just an ever-present need. And that can, to somebody who is truly saved and they're sincere in their heart, that weighs on us when we see those needs. The needs around us far exceed our ability to respond and how should Christians deal with that feeling of inadequacy in the face of great need? You know, God calls us to do what we can and leave the rest to Him, right? Just do what you can. Do, do what, uh, what, what uh, comes upon your heart to do. And just leave the rest to Him. Just leave it to Him. You know, we were saved by faith, and faith is going to come in play here too. One author put it this way, John here says that we can set our hearts at rest whenever they condemn us. For God understands us better than our own hearts know us. And in his omniscience, he knows that our often weak attempts to obey his command spring from a true allegiance to him. He knows your heart. He knows your motives. So you don't have to fret on that. It should not be a burden upon you. Verse 21, uh, John goes on, Beloved, if, you're, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. Um, kind of the, the opposite of what we were talking about just in the last verse. If, if your heart, you know, if, you, if you're seeing those deeds that are, that are happening, if you take care of something that comes up, that should settle your heart. It should settle your heart. But when we do, when we don't do something we should, what tends to happen, though? Yeah. What happened in uh, the garden with Adam and Eve? Go back to Genesis three, when they took a, the fruit and ate. What they do? They hid. They're, they're, they knew they were guilty, and they hid from God. Now we do the same thing. Maybe. Uh, you feel guilty that you don't, you know, there's a month or two months that you're not, you don't even feel comfortable in coming to his house. So all of a sudden you kind of fall back on coming to church or, or you start seeing needs come up and you just like, I, I'll let other people handle that. I need to work on my own kind of things, my own relationship with God right now. The, we tend to hide from God too, but what? happens eventually notice what did God do when Adam and Eve hid he sought them out very good God does that we don't have to seek him out and get it right he's going to seek us out because that's how he shows his grace he shows his grace What Genesis 3, 9, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Where are you? You don't think he knew? He knew. Try to play hide and seek with God. That's like the worst game. 
I mean, you lose every time. What's the point? I like to win sometime. I don't think I'm going to win that battle. He knew where he was, but he's trying to draw him out. He's saying, where art thou? Come here. Talk to me. Get it right. You done messed up, right? You done messed up, and guess what? I'm going to have to punish you. But I'm still here. You know, that's just what he, he says, I'm going to have to punish but, but we're going to, when we punish you, we're going to move on. You can still have a relationship. It's just going to, the relationship's changed a little bit now, right? And this is the pattern we, we do. When we, we tend to, when we mess up, we tend to hide. But again, uh, God, to the, to the person who's saved, God starts working on you. Holy Spirit's working in your heart. And if you're sensitive enough, well, and I, you know, I think you've got to be careful because if, you're, if you start ignoring that and that heart gets hard, every day, every week, every month, you ignore that calling, uh, it gets harder and harder to get, to get right. Verse 22, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Well, this was a, this a tough verse right here. Because um, John now gives us a benefit of doing all the things that are pleasing in God's sight, right? If we do what he wants us to do, then he says, Ask me and you shall receive. Jesus said that. Uh, this is the commandment. Uh, th this is following his commandments, loving his son and loving others. John says, "Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him." But you got to do your part first, too. Got to do your part first. What happened when Jesus raised Lazarus out of that tomb? We we taught on that. He he, he raised him out. Uh, verse uh, chapter eleven, verse thirty nine in John. Jesus said. What to Martha? Take away the stone. We, we taught on that. You don't think Jesus could have... He raised him from the dead. You don't think he could have moved the stone too? But he's like, no, you got to do your part. you got to do your part too. And then Lazarus comes walking out. And what was his command then? Loose, the, loose him and let him go. Take those grave clothes off of him. Again, he just raised him from the dead after he was dead for more than three days. You don't think he... Could have taken the clothes off too. But he's saying, no, you still have to, you have to be a participant in this process. If you want me to work the way, and, and when you ask me provide, you got to do your part. And our part is following his commandments, loving his son. But I think you got to be careful here because if <clears throat> you're praying for something like we did earlier and there's a, a sickness and you're praying for a loved one who's sick and you're praying and you're praying for that to be taken care of and, and it doesn't happen don't let your heart go down that path of well you know you, I know uh, Dave taught it in church and we, we heard it in Sunday school that we got to do our part first so there must be something I'm not doing don't let that burden happen uh, I, I think you got to be careful there um, sometimes it's just not God's will and we taught when we uh, have had the opportunity on verses like this 
that I've said, you know, when he says, ask and you shall receive, he's saying, ask for things that gives me glory and that glorifies my son. And if you're asking for something that in the end, in God's ultimate plan, isn't within that plan, it's not going to glorify him, you may not get it. And it may be a loved one that doesn't get healed. It's nothing that you haven't done. Even though in verses like this, if you read it and you don't really study on it, you can very easily misinterpret this and, and put too much burden on you, and now you're doubting your salvation again. Don't take that burden. Don't, 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 don't let that go too far there. Some final thoughts from these verses. God expects us, expects us to do what we can, not what we can't, right? You're not going to be able to meet every need of people. And you love them all. You really do. We, I know we do. Um, but it's just not physically possible and it's just not spiritually possible that we can meet every need. We're to do what comes upon our heart if you feel the Holy Spirit pulling you in a direction, better listen to that. You know, take care of that. Um, but, you know, don't let that or the lack of your ability to take care of some of those needs start doubting your salvation. Absolutely not. And love can be complicated. I mean, that's a, you know, we talked about it being misinterpreted earlier, you know, and him knowing what our motives were. Um, just God knows, God knows that his own love for the world can be, mis well, I'm sorry, uh, God knows what your heart uh, wants to do. I mean, keep in mind, God knows that his own love for the world was misunderstood, re rebuffed, and rejected. So don't think that you're any better than Jesus. I mean, talk about being misunderstood to the point that crucified him so if if we create some bad feelings with somebody because we were misunderstood and we go through the biblical process to try and get that right and it's still you know we've done what we can don't let that be a burden on you and then a heart that constantly accuses us of disappointing god will erode our resolve to love and it will keep us from enjoying our relationship with our heavenly father Think back to what I said when we started. Having that lack of assurance is like driving a car with the emergency brake on. It's, you're gonna, you're just not gonna get anywhere. You're not gonna get anywhere, and you're you're not gonna be as productive in what God wants you to take care of than um, than what He wants you to do. So next week we'll go into chapter. Chapter 4 of 1 John. And Brother Ken, you want to release us and we'll go down for services. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this day and, and uh, that we can come in your house and, and worship you, Lord, and, and learn from your word. And we've had some very good learning so far this morning, Lord. I just pray that we can apply it to our lives this week, Lord. Uh, trust we just need to trust you and love you and that's not always as easy as it seems lord i thank you for our teacher that spends time in the week studying to prepare lessons like this for us uh, 
that, that are a blessing to us. And Lord, now as we get ready to go to the worship service, Lord, I ask uh, that you be present uh, and that you open our hearts and our minds to receive uh, yet more uh, word from you, Lord, more things that we can apply to our lives uh, so we can better serve you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.